This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Desk Time. Love your job? Hate the office? Desk Time connects you with great space to get work done. A hundred plus spaces available in Chicago by the day or month. DesktimeApp.com. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is the hilarious and lovely John Pernasek, and he talked to me about his love of The Wizard of Oz and all adaptations thereof. Um, This was so much fun. We spent some time on The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, the uh, children's novel source material for all of the above. And uh, talked about how L. Frank Baum was kind of a monster. Um, We talked about the 39 film a good bit. We talked about uh, 85's Return to Oz. And then we kind of spent a decent amount of time covering a bunch of silly, absurd adaptations uh, that are either, like, widely known or not widely known. We realized afterwards that we didn't even touch on the uh, Timothy Roth, I think it was, who was in it, uh, Tin Man show that was uh, from a number of years ago. It, it was really crazy to think about how much really has been repurposed from this story. I think it's really um, a, a sign of, of the kinds of things that keep getting produced this day and age that... Uh, you know, everyone knows what The Wizard of Oz is, so why don't we make something that's a play off of a thing everyone already knows? So we have this, like, built-in audience already, but it's just, if it's not good, if your thing's not good, no one's gonna want to watch it. And it doesn't matter if people already are familiar with the background. (laughs) So I think that's something that kind of became a theme of the conversation. Uh, Stop being lazy, people who create art have original fun ideas or if you're at least going to use a source material um that already exists do it well uh we spent a lot of time on wicked because we both agree that that's uh, a great fun adaptation the music uh overall is really stellar um air though we have some issues with some lazy lyrics uh, we talked about The Wiz, which is great, and about how um, a bunch of white people should never do it because that's idiotic. Um, yeah, it was great. I really enjoyed this convo. John is a total blast, and he hosts his own podcast that I was on recently, How Rude. I'm not saying it's rude of us to have done that. I'm saying that's what his podcast is called. It's a... Uh, episode-by-episode rewatch of Full House, a show that is not very good. So (laughs) reward his labors and enjoy uh, he and his co-host Brandon Shockney and their guest from week to week um, tearing apart, for the most part, that show. They'll recognize when there's a good joke here and there, though. They're not totally just... um, ripping it down and I think that's what we did here too we celebrated a lot of things about the Wizard of Oz and it was a lot of fun Uh, another podcast that 
everyone should feel free to check out. That's a part of the Chicago Podcast Co-op, along with MBSing, is Improvised Star Trek. It's an improvised parody of Star Trek featuring the adventures of the crew of the USS Sisyphus, a slightly less enterprising starship. The cast is amazing. They all do a wonderful job. I recently guested with them uh, in an episode that will probably not come out for a while, but let me tell you, what they do is not easy, and it is impressive. So I think more people should check that puppy out. You do not have to be a Star Trek fan to enjoy it. I say that from first-person experience. One last plug, every Thursday, 9.30, the Annoyance Theater, the Fishbowl. If you're an Annoyance student, you can come put your ID in the Fishbowl and play. If you're not an Annoyance student, you can come and watch a great show. Um, That's it. That's that plug. I plug it every week, because I do it every week, and it's a total joy. Uh, We've had some Uh, smaller numbers with the group that I play with recently, Sight Unseen, Um, and it's been fun to kind of explore what the dynamics become of an improv team when you only have, uh, you know, three of six, Uh, and when sometimes that three is a different three to feel out uh, how things get played. So if that sounds interesting to you at all, come check it out. Otherwise, this is just me being self-indulgent. Cool. This is a great app. Scripted material. Yeah. So he was, you know, doing that huge opus with all of his and characters. It's so good. It's really good. Yeah. But you could also tell he was like, I don't know how I'm going to end yeah. this. Uh-huh. It's also really hard. And the great undiscovered project. <laughs> yep. And then he even made, I think he made fun of the ending, right? I, I haven't listened to the whole thing oh, okay. yet. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think when it all, when all is said and done, he's just sort of like, well, well. <laughs> Could you imagine it ending that way? Neither did I. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's the thing is, I I think I can't believe there would be anyone who wouldn't be able to just get behind the like self awareness and professionalism that is Paul F. Tompkins mm-hmm. in my you know vision of it. But people are just like, make me things so that I can consume them. People, <laughs> it's another thing that. People don't think about the person no. on the end of no. the complaint. They don't care about the production process. All they care about is, I want it to now. Give it to me. It's that whole thing of once a show gets canceled, no. Put it somewhere else. I demand it. Who are you? Yeah. I'm a fan. I know. Of Hannibal. I demand it. That doesn't mean you're going to get it. I don't understand. It's 2015. We did it with other things. And yet, not all things. I know. Isn't that, like, the crux of it, though, is that as soon as things started coming back or getting picked up by other things, I think that the recent um, Mindy Project pickup mm-hmm. is the most dangerous game. How many seasons did <laughs> they buy? At least three. Oh, my God. And it was only on the air for three, I think. It was on the air for three. I think that's right. And even in that time, the cast was shifting a lot. Yes. The show sort of had to, like change a lot i mean they had some heavy hitters from the first seat christmas Cena, like mm-hmm. that guy's doing a lot of work yeah outside of being on a tv show well i've made that his last name messina i think what uh, is his full name chris messina i don't know which uh, character i realize he's I don't the, even know. like hot doctor that, that she, it, he's like the will there won't they of the mindy project 
Oh, right. And then they, like, kind of did, all like, by the end of... I didn't watch everything that's aired. I've watched, like, the The pieces the on the board season. were being moved around a lot during yeah, the first season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the point where I was like, the show has to change because they have to understand this is not... Sustainable. No, 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 yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. But it's like, it didn't really build in enough space for it to change, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Because it's like, they're still all going to be, what are they, uh, um, baby doctors? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. And the show barely would focus on that element. Yeah. Maybe for the best. I just don't think we can do these shows anymore and pretend like it's it's going to be a singular personality at the center. Because what those shows almost immediately become faster and faster these days are ensembles. Ensembles. Because Very true. that's what works. Yeah. When, you know, when the Mindy Project started, it was Mindy Kaling. And yes, mm-hmm. there's stuff around her, but... This is her story. Sure. It's literally called The Mindy Project. Yes. They didn't even shroud it in anything. And if, if this was 1998, it would be The Mindy Kaling Show. Yes. And the promotional materials would be just her on a yellow background. <laughs> and she would be working at some sort of magazine. Right. Right, 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 right. And it would just be characters sort of orbiting her. Mm-hmm. While, you know, in 1998, a Mindy Kaling would have been like a stand-up comedian. And she, yeah, she wouldn't have come, it, you know, it wouldn't have come from like another, a person who became famous because of another television show. Right. Especially as an ensemble member of another television show, like you said. Mm-hmm. Which is, I never really thought about it like that. That is a really interesting phenomenon that's uh, not super sustainable. No. But even, like, look at John Mulaney, who's like, if anyone could have done a, like, you know, gone from being a stand-up to having their own show in that, like, sitcom type uh, fucking... uh, Arena? Arena. um, Style. uh, Equation style, whatever you want to say... It was probably him, but... And yet... (laughs) Whoopsie daisy. (laughs) Hoochie. No one was crying who's going to pick up Mulaney. Mm. Because that's that's canned, isn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We've talked about this before, but the production history for that show is so bizarre. Yeah, yeah. I knew you talked about that uh, earlier. The story behind the taping of the NBC version of the pilot, people went online after that was done in front of a live audience... And people were falling over themselves to say, this is so funny. This is so original. It's breathing and injecting life into a medium that we thought wasn't dead. That was dead. That was unsustainable, the multi-camera. And then, you know, NBC doesn't pick it up. He has to redo the entire pilot for Fox. And I think something happened. Got real screwed. Yes. Either... I would love... Because you know at a certain point when enough time has passed... He's going to be able to actually talk about it. Yep. Yeah. The only reference... God, that would be fascinating. Yeah. What is the... Who are the characters that he and Nick Kroll play together? Oh. The tu- uh, Too Much Tuna. tuna. Um, I forget their character names. Gil is one of them. I think I he think. plays Gil. Yeah. Gil Faison. Yeah, that yes. sounds right. There's at the very end of a comedy Bang Bang episode, in character as Gil, John Mulaney says something like, Oh, what, Mulaney? Oh, God, fuck that show. Yeah. It's not as funny as Seinfeld was immediately. <laughs> So you yeah. could tell, like, oh, there's... I remember that. It. I remember that joke. I absolutely remember that joke. Yeah. And I feel like that could happen to anyone, anyone. we know. Yes. Anyone we know. Like, they they give... they Someone gives them all this money. Yeah. And they get to work with people that they've been 
you know, Martin obsessed with. Martin fucking Short, yeah. Yes. yeah. Who, Martin Short, who is great, <laughs> yeah. but some people act like he's infallible. Mm-hmm. And as someone who enjoys Martin Short and a lot of other performers, no one's in, people pick mm-hmm. weird projects. Mm-hmm. He was in Clifford. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know if anyone's. People got to get paid. People got to get paid. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Um, the, my guest today is Sean Pernasek. Who's that? Um, the gentleman sitting in front of me. Oh. The vision in yellow. Oh, good. <laughs> My furry tits. Was that on, uh, was that, uh, on topic? Yellow brick road? I think what you're doing is you're at the River Kwai and you're thinking to yourself, I have to build a bridge. I have to get from here to there. And yet, the enemy is trying to circumvent me at every turn. I've never seen the film. I've never seen the film. <laughs> Thank God that's not my topic I for had, today. I had not seen it, so I was just going to let you keep riffing without helping at all. Because I was like, this sounds right. <laughs> sounds about right. My, uh, my boyfriend did recently say that it is one of those old movies that people talk about that actually holds up. Oh, yeah. So, he the- like, because I've watched some, like, older movies and I'm just like, oh, woof. <laughs> mm-hmm. Between the bizarre moments of racial or gender yeah. insensitivity <laughs> And the creaky plot mechanic. I was watching mm-hmm. A Day at the Races. Have you ever seen that Marx Mm-mm. Brothers movie? No. Okay. So A Day at the Races. It's a Marx Brothers movie, as I've already clearly established. <laughs> and everything is so... So it's like how we would work if we wanted to put up a sketch show. Mm-hmm. So it's clearly all of these vaudeville acts that they have been working for years. And then they finally are able to put it in the medium all of a like movie. stream together. Yes. And it feels that way. Mm. The movie stops dead in its tracks for like these Ooh, 15 dead minutes. Dead in its clippity cloppity whisky shoo tracks. Clippity Mr. Ed Flickersy Biscuit. The Black Stallion. Flash. Flash. Betray you. And so at one point they, they stop the film dead in its tracks. And, beca- and it's because... The Marx Brothers have found themselves in a very strange shanty town filled with hundreds of black extras. And <laughs> one of the Marx Brothers starts singing a song, and it sort of rallies all of the black people in this set piece. And there's lots of sped up dancing to make people seem as if they're dancing faster. And then the antagonists show up, and the Marx Brothers think, oh, we got to get out of here. So how are we going to get out of here? We got to blend in. Oh, no, 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 Here, hand me that. Here, Groucho, Zippo, Harpo, Dum Dum, Goofball, hand me the shoe polish. Shoe polish. I shall put three streaks upon mine face. And these three streaks. They'll never know. They'll never know. <laughs> I look just like them. I have a dirty face. <laughs> so that film, that doesn't hold up. You know what does hold up? The Wizard of Oz. 1939's MGM. Chibi Garden Classic. <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. That uh, was robbed of Best Picture, right? Yes. Same year as... that was. That's considered one of the singular best films in Hollywood history because I think that's the same year as Gone with the Wind, Or I the singular say. best uh, year. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. It's packed to the brim with I these I believe movies. it's Gone with the Wind as well. Yes. Yeah. I have not seen Gone with the Wind that's on my boyfriend I Chris's list of movies to see mm. from like the AFI. Yes, we've been talking. My boyfriend and I have been talking about doing that kind of thing as well. Yeah, you're gonna. Ha- I think 
to do that, you have to sit through a lot of things where you're like, I mean, I can see why this was considered good at the, at time. the time. Exactly. It's like, I mean, I remember watching Citizen Kane and being like, oof, Yonfest. Mm. <laughs> Dear Mr. Wells, hi. What's up? Your movie is a bit of a sleepy Earl Grey tea concoction. <laughs> oofy, oofy. What'd you do? Dig a hole and put the camera in it? To get the camera real low, Mr. You, Wells? You think you're going to fucking M. Night Shyamalan this thing? Mm. Where uh, there's one thing everybody's waiting to find out mm. right at the end? Um, and then years later, when anyone with a half a brain knows what Rosebud is. Well, to be fair, he would have no control over that. He had no <laughs> idea that that was going to become a touchstone catchphrase. <laughs> You're right. Uh. Did he know he was going to play a robot planet as his last dying breaths escaped his what gigantic body? Transformers the movie? The, the animated movie? That was Orson Welles' last role. He played a living planet who dispensed orders and, oh, he wanted to eat Earth so bad. Oh, God. Unicron. Oh, God, that's hilarious. The Autobots. <laughs> What am I reading? Oh my god. What's um what's the origin of your love for the 1939 classic The Wizard of Oz? Well, I should say my topic. Oh, you're talking about The broadly, Wizard of Oz overall. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yes. So I sort of entered the whole thing just via I want to say either the movie mm-hmm. first and then maybe moving backwards to the book. Mm-hmm. But um The Wonderful Wizard of Oz by Alfred Baum is sort of a book that I had with me a lot as a kid mm-hmm. and the wizard of oz the film was sort of a go-to just whenever sure because we had the vhs copy for like the 75th anniversary which oh. would have been like in the, in the 90s uh-huh so it was one of those vhs tapes that had like a book attached to it yes so like the cover lifts up and there are pages and you could sort of flip through and like read the history of the movie. Interesting. Right. Oh, because of 75th anniversary. Yes. It probably came with a pair of ruby slippers or something like that. I, if it had, my God, <laughs> this little gum job would have queenie. been uh, following every yellow brick road. <laughs> yep. I don't care where I'm going as long as I'm in these puppies. The... Uh, and the movie also had like I remember it was like a DVD before DVDs. Oh, it was one yeah. of the rare examples of like at the end of the movie you have to watch all the credits, but then you get like basically a full documentary. Cool. So I think that was really rare, mm-hmm. but I liked. I, I thought that was really like interesting as a That's kid. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to challenge you. Oh no. I wanted to see like you get your breakdown of like let's walk through the story. Okay. Of the Wizard of Oz. Okay. Together. Got it. So, lights up. Where uh, are we? Um, Kansas. Gross. Dorothy. Gross. On the farm. Gross. She's thinking about somewhere over the rainbow. Yeah, there are pig- there they're piggies. Because very boring. Yeah. Black and white. Yep. Uh, Auntie M. <laughs> Auntie M. <laughs> Auntie M and Uncle. Good old Uncle Henry. Henry. Yes. <sighs> so, of course, we... We see all the faces that we'll see like later right, in the movie. Right, right, right. Which is a convention that like other films have used. This idea that the people in her real sort of like waking life affect are yeah, they pop up in the fantasy world mm-hmm. if we're to believe that it's a fantasy. Mm-hmm. And some films would would say to you, "Yes, it is a fantasy." And others would say, "No, fuck you." Yeah, <laughs> this is soup's real. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, tornado, mm-hmm. whoosh. Yes. Or am I now? A twister. You're in um, Oz. Yeah. Uh, I would 
this is she lands on the Wicked Witch of the East. Yes, very good. Um, Munchkins celebrate this death. Correct. This, Ding dong. This this, un, this accidental this manslaughter. <laughs> it's not intentional, but it, it's it's death. Mm-hmm, there, mm-hmm, there's blood mm-hmm. on someone's hands now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and of course the witch's sister shows up. She's pissed. She's like, "Bitch, you killed my sister, mm-hmm. and now I'm gonna kill you." Yes. Glinda's like, "No, no, no." Glinda, of course, being she flies around in the bubble. Mm-hmm. She's got that whole motif, that aesthetic, mm-hmm. cotton candy, pink. Mm-hmm. And gives her the ruby slippers, which the witch really wants. Yeah. She just wants them. And we never really know. I always thought that in watching it, like, what's the deal? Like, is this just a bunch of women fighting over shoes? Like, yes. is that it? <laughs> the shoes have, like, vague, always undefined power. If I can just get the damn things, then everything will be set there, right. There are no other powers that are, like, explained aside from click three times, say, uh, there's no place like home, right? Right. Yes, especially in, in that version of it. That's the only evidence we see of them doing anything. And book to movie, they changed from silver, silver to, to ruby. Re- to ruby, yes. Because they wanted to use their fancy technicolor. They did. Those those crazy MGM filmmakers. Yes. Uh, silver, no. <laughs> yeah. We could do that in black and white. Yes. We need to whip our cocks out. <laughs> yeah. We're going to blow our wad on this like insane number of sets. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, she goes on her journey, mm-hmm. and she meets, of course, in order... Scarecrow. Scarecrow. Uh, Tin, Tin Man. Man. And Cowardly, Cowardly Lion. Man. Yes. They go to the Emerald City. It's like a road. It's the ultimate road movie. <laughs> I've, I've never thought about that way, but absolutely right. You got to get from here to there. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the wizard, of course, sends them on another mission. You know, you got to kill the, the witch, witch of the West, of course. Right. And who has been stalking their every move. Who is the only weakness is water for... No really any discernible reason. No. It's, it's like that classic fairy tale logic. Oh. Of, we don't have to like necessarily explain it. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say that that's just what it Maybe is. Maybe it's that. Um, isn't there like when they were killing witches, like in the old old olden times, they would um, like there's something about if they could float, then they were yes a witch right because wood floated and wood burns and witches had to burn like it's something so yeah. cyclical and weird like that like we we sort of have an adult eye and we sort of we we look askance at the logic of the wizard of oz but real adult human beings apply that logic to real people yeah exactly oh you oh okay that's interesting yeah, yeah. she's floating well get out your both and arrows boys <laughs> good god uh they yeah so they they go to the the witch's castle mm-hmm. they accidentally k- kill her mm-hmm. yeah there's almost like a moment where dorothy has this inspirational thing where she's like a bucket of water why not as if to like sort of prevent any murder right <laughs> even for a moment right like this will distract her exactly uh she dies even in even when she was supposed to be setting off to do this yeah they still have to like <laughs> admonish her of any guilt yes Right, right, right. And once dead, she gets to go back to the Emerald City. The, the, well, it's so complicated because the wizard's like, you know, I'm a fake. I'm a big old fakey fake phony. I'm also from Kansas or some other right. nearby state. Yes, yes. And he's like, this corn fed hick. Yes. I will take you away and we will go back. I but got here on a balloon. Got her on a balloon. <laughs> I could have left any time. Yeah. But I liked pretending that I was very powerful so I could get whatever I wanted. 
not the best character in the world. Mm. Kind of an asshole. Mm-hmm. She is not able to go with him because the balloon just sort of flies away. Oh, right. <laughs> something yes. something goes awry. Yeah. And Dorothy is like, well, fiddly fuck. <laughs> and then Glinda's like, did I mention clicky click? You could have done this the whole time. And then, of course, 8,000 Mad TV-style sketches were written yeah. to sort of make fun of that plot <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah, 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 right. Because it's just so ripe for comedic commentary. Yeah, because it's like, oh, boy, she's had these the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so it's such a, like, retcon. Right. <laughs> Al Frank Palm going, hacha-cha-cha, hachimachi. Ooh, balloon leaves, not on it. The shoes, the shoes. And then clickety-clack-clack, she's home. Right. And the moral of the story is always, there's no place like home. Yes. Which I would say, I would argue, as a kid, maybe that's an interesting thing that you can like sort of, you can you can accept that. Mm-hmm. Maybe not so much anymore. No. There are places that are like home. Maybe I, better than it's home. So, it's also, yeah, it's kind of baffling because you went to this like very magical and at, at many times beautiful, interesting, fun place. Right. <laughs> and yet you want to go back to like Dust Bowl era Kansas uh-huh. where everyone is sort of scraping by by the skin of their teeth. Uh-huh. It, it's this, I, I don't know, it, it sort of comes off like a... I never thought about it like that. Yeah, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, there's a better place. That, and we like kind of still use that song as like greener pastures. Yeah, escape. But the, the story of that movie does not support that thesis. Right. It, it's, it's sort of, com- it's, it reads like commentary of, oh, young girl goes to the city mm-hmm. and the city's very complicated and you can make, mm-hmm. she makes friends and stuff, but she has to go back to like the bosom of her... Old. Well, first of all, in the in the 1939 film, how old is Dorothy supposed to be? I realize that's a question that can't even really be answered. Yeah. Because Dorothy in the book is maybe 10 years old. Judy Garland in the film, I can't remember how old she was at the time of filming it, but she's not 10. No. Weren't, wasn't, weren't they like originally going to cast Shirley Temple? That, yes. That, yeah. was, that was on the docket. That would have been a very different experience. Shh different well, film yeah well there's the version of the of the story the whiz mm-hmm. which was in 1978 and diana ross plays dorothy and everyone freaked out and they said well diana ross is so fucking old she wasn't old in 1978 <laughs> no but they're like it's ridiculous that she's playing dorothy mm-hmm. even though the movie specifically is like this is an adult character we're not pretending yeah it never struck me that she was supposed to be very young no and even though in the book i've never read the book um in its entirety but the the book is very um there's a lot going on in it mm-hmm. there's just a lot of incident so you'd think that you know based on the adaptations that it always immediately is basically over once they kill the witch right but the thing is once they kill the witch they have to travel back get back and the book covers that time gotcha so they meet like all of these other characters they go into uh the china doll kingdom <laughs> where everybody's like the size of a fucking salt shaker and they're accidentally stepping on people <laughs> then there are like the like the dwarves who have extending bungee cord necks <laughs> and they hurl their skulls at you and their necks expand like 30 feet so they and can they like suck back to their body yes jesus and they have i feel like they don't have arms they just have like these weird like Do bowling ball bodies and fling feet. their whole head towards you yep that's terrifying yep they don't appreciate we've been scared sass. of uh flying monkeys for years but that sounds way more terrifying right I don't think we're ever going to see that in a major adaptation. Unless uh, Tim Burton gets his hands on it. 
because you know he'd throw those suckers in there. Yeah. He would he would say, oh, I'm going to be more faithful to the yeah. material. Yeah. When in reality, he's just going to give everyone sort of arch haircut. <laughs> there's going to be, this is easy. This is an easy joke to make, but like lots of spirals. And yes. Everyone will have waistcoats. Yes. Helena Bonham Carter of... wouldn't be a bad. She's already played a witch. She, yeah, but that's like a role that she's actually suited for yeah. as opposed to like a Mrs. Lovett, which drives me crazy. Oh God, that was terrible. Awful casting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something about... She is so compelling, but at a certain point, she really did sell herself over to just genre. Yes. Just genre material. I yeah. can't... The King's Speech was maybe the last time I can remember oh, her doing yeah. Anything fantasy with, like, subtlety. Yeah. <laughs> and, and almost... I'm sure it must feel weird for her to do that, and too. And, I mean, she basically played that same role in uh, Les Mis. She did oh. the thing with Sasha Baron Cohen. Why? That yeah. film was... Hoof. Hoof. <laughs> uh, Russell Crowe, man. Talk right. about miscasting. <laughs> the only the only way it's appropriate casting is like body type. Yeah, it but doesn't make any. God, we need to go back to the idea of it's okay if you cast a celebrity in your movie, and if they can't sing, we just get someone d- to do to it. to do it, and yes. we pay them and we give them credit. Absolutely, no one had a problem with it. Absolutely, when you know Audrey Hepburn was running around My Fair Lady and she wasn't singing and a she, goddamn note. Yeah. We, we but were then like, it's, it's like, fine. let's throw Pierce Brosnan into Mamma Mia and pretend that's okay. <laughs> that might be arguably a worse vocal performance than Russell Crowe. Yeah. There were times when I genuinely thought that maybe he hadn't sat down with anyone. Because <laughs> like, it seemed like, like the neck was just strained. Yeah. Like, like just high, like you had, he needed to go high. Yeah, yeah. And then they had him dancing in the, what was it, the Waterloo is the over the credits number? <laughs> I think you're right. I'm like, oh, Pierce. Well, working. Everyone, it doesn't matter how old you are. doesn't matter how much fucking money you've made. You got to get that next check. You still have to work. And you're doing it with Meryl Streep. Like, how do you say no? Yeah. Did you like The Wizard of Oz when you were growing up? Um, I did, yeah. I think that, I can't remember when I first saw it, but I was in a community theater <gasps> production of it. Well, this is perfect. Great. So. Let's explore every facet i think that's when i i think that may even be when i like finally sat down and like watched the whole thing oh okay i was probably like mm, 10 or 11 if i had to ballpark it i was the scarecrow you were the oh my god okay uh, so you had no shortage of responsibility right it was um it was not a musical unfortunately because like it was like a children's show and they didn't trust that the kids could like sing well enough to do um musicals when i was going uh through this community theater Mm -hmm. and now they do musicals a lot with just the kids um but uh it's just a you know small town they barely can cast enough like males in things right uh, I, I was cross-cast like a, yeah. as is evidenced by my by my being cross-cast but it was very fun um it was uh the um uh cowardly lion was the best like he was so fun he like practically stole the show um but there was a lot of other it was it was great i i mean it was one of the first like big roles I had ever had for mm-hmm. sure, so that was really fun for me. But I just like never saw myself as getting cast as the scare, you know, as a like young girl. You mm-hmm. d- you look at 
the Wizard of Oz, and you're like, okay, we got witches, we got Dorothy, we like, got we got Anam, which God forbid anyone yeah, has to play Anam. Exactly, not yeah, not a great. We character. got Munchkins, you know, like Lots I just like assumed I would get slapped in something like that. So it was kind of fun to mm-hmm. actually uh, get to uh, you know have a more major role, and I think it was definitely it was definitely the first of many cross-cast roles for me as a child. (laughs) Okay. Well, there you go. Was it... Had you already done a few productions with this company? Yeah. So I had started doing stuff with them when I was like four or five. I was the two of hearts in Alice in Wonderland. Oh. Yeah. There you go. So you start out there, Mm -hmm. and then you do a couple, and then they're like, she's ready. Yeah, basically. So I did it like once a summer every year until that year when i did the wizard of oz okay yeah when when i was in high school and i started taking like the drama classes you take in high school mm-hmm. you know this is public school in kentucky so <laughs> we were doing the best we can with the resources that we had exactly which was you know like matte backdrops held up by like super tape and yes. stuff like that i remember our teacher for what it's clear now but i remember thinking like why are we watching this she broke out like a really old vhs tape and she said, this is the production that this high school that you're in right now, we did The Wiz. Wow. And, like, that's the if, – if people who are listening aren't familiar with The Wiz, the whole point of it is, like, it's Diana Ross, but it's also – the movie has Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson, Richard Pryor. Uh, that's because the entire cast, as it's originally conceived, is black. People of color. And, of course, what do white people do with it? They think, well, that's fun. I don't want to do the same old... Say, I don't want to do the Judy Garland version. That's boring. But you know what this has? This has soul, brother. I think we should be doing this instead. And, you know, I, they, she showed us this goddamn video of them doing The Wiz. And I remember thinking, well, this is a little... Because it's all just like White Hicks from Kentucky. There wasn't a single person of color in the goddamn thing. Not backstage, not in the audience. I saw um, a production of Rent in... Uh, at Northwestern like two or three years ago that had two people of color in the whole show and one of them was in the ensemble. No. And I was like, why is What was the other person of color doing? Uh, Or like one of them was in like the chorus. Right. Um, The other one was... I want to say it was like Tom Collins. Tom Collins. I think. I can't totally remember. But I just remember watching it and being like, this is the most whitewashed fucking rent if I had I've to see, ever seen. If I had to see a funeral reprise of I'll Cover You as sung by... <laughs> by some white dude. <laughs> I would be sitting there going, ay, ay, ay. <laughs> I, I just, someone just showed me a YouTube video of the single... So this uh, guy I follow on Twitter, he got down this K-hole of YouTube videos of white women singing, and I am telling you, I'm not going. <laughs> and the video I watched, it's very, very old. So it's maybe late 80s. Mm-hmm. And there are people of color on stage, but nobody is playing a major Dream Girls character. Mm-hmm. And she, the the Effie character is, play, is wearing this big wig, like out of hairspray big. Mm-hmm. And the dialogue is, she's doing it like, love me. Curtis was supposed to love me. I'm sick and tired of all these people telling me. And it's like, stop it. And the audience gives her an ovation. No. She does this strangled sort of egret note, like a a bird being struck by lightning. And the audience is like, wow, that was a really loud, big note. Yeah, right, right. That's impressive. (laughs) That's a sound I couldn't make. That's what it is. It may not be pleasing. But I can't do even that. Exactly. Good job to you, uh, dental hygienist, (laughs) who locked down the role of Effie. 
sons of bitches. People do that with Once on This Island, too, which is a story about, you know, different races coming into conflict. <sighs> and then people were like, no, we'll just have it be a story about rich people and poor people. Don't do not do these shows nope. if you can't feel the cast that it should have. Stop it. Don't choose them. You can do Fiddler. You can do Fiddler again. Yes. It's fine. Yes. Oliver. <laughs> yes. You've got to pick a pocket or two. Boy. You can take money from my pocket if it means seeing Oliver if over. If it means not culturally appropriating something. Oh, look. Here comes Angel. <laughs> it was so... It was so... And, like, Mimi was white. And it's like... It was so boring. Exhausting. And, and exhausting and like this was not... at northwestern so it yes. was a university production yes mm-hmm. people think they're ready for all of these goddamn productions and they're just not yeah they think yeah. well that's a big people know what that is right it doesn't mean that you yeah. can put that on yourself no no i uh, did you ever see speaking of just like other adaptations have please, you ever seen please keep driving this forward <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> i'm i could talk about uh whitewashed versions of rent all day <laughs> Goddamn. gobble gobble turkeys honking up fucking theater scene uh are you have you seen return to oz no do you know of what i speak i've heard of it yes okay so return to oz that's 1985 so that was the year i was born oh and that's Faruja bulk okay who was in the craft She's the evil witch in The Craft. I'm familiar with The Craft. I've never seen The Craft. Uh, she's also in the terrible Marlon Brando, Val Kilmer, Island of Dr. Moreau. Okay. Which, who's familiar with that? No one. <laughs> I've heard of it. Never seen it. <laughs> yep. And so she plays Dorothy in that. Okay. So speaking to that idea of, is it all in her head, this idea that she goes to this different place, or are we supposed to assume that it is oh. real? Return to Oz was Disney trying to... At the same, it, they were trying to do two things at once, which was a it was a bad recipe from the start. <laughs> they wanted to have their own movie that was a sequel to the Wizard of Oz mythology. Sure, and at the how same, could they not? How could they not want that? Mm-hmm. Get some sort of piece of the pie. So they were pretending to be sort of going out on their own, but they're taking conventions and stylistic stuff from the Thirty Nine movie. Oh. So the slippers are, you know, the ruby slippers. And the people she knows in her real life keep popping up the same actors in Oz. Sure. But this film is much more dark. Okay. So at the top of this movie, Dorothy is an actual 10-year-old girl. She's not Judy Garland walking around with, you know, breasts <laughs> pretending to be sort of like a lobotomy victim. Toto. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> or Diana Ross in The Wiz, who I think half of her dialogue is the word Toto, just screaming it at the top of her lungs. I've never seen all of The Wiz, but what I have seen is... She cries a lot. Very, like... Wow, that character. She's in distress. Yeah. And she doesn't like... Well, to be fair, in The Wiz, Oz is kind of... It's just a fucked up New York City. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Where the munchkins are coming out of the wall as graffiti (laughs) art. And the subway system is literally coming to life so it can kill you. (laughs) That's more of an anti-city story now that I think about it. Wow. The subway is coming to life. It's going to kill you. It's going to kill you. Not anyone on it. And the Wicked Witch in, in The Wiz is running a fucking clothing sweatshop. Yes, and at the end, she course. gets flushed down a giant toilet, <laughs> which happens in the stage version, too. You have to build a giant toilet that she can go down. Oh, it's like the Audrey 2 of that show. <laughs> the, the absolute albatross. Yeah. We want to do these shows, but of course, there's some sort of asinine, complicated set piece. That you have to then either find someone who can, like, 
form foam pieces or buy or rent these things. Can we fly in a puppeteer? Yeah. How are we going to make the battlements really miss? <laughs> you know, that stupid effect that no one really needs, but people expect. Exactly. I like that part where the wall turns. Exactly. Yeah, that That's so true. And also, it's going to need a tunnel so a small child can thrall- crawl through very dramatically. That's the worst part of Lemus. <laughs> when the little boy's like, I know, sir. I'm a little pup and a bang. Yeah. <laughs> Brains just splattered. It's just so... Oh, God. Just... Okay. We get it. You're yeah. taking advantage of us. <laughs> Don't mess with a nine-year-old French boy. Yeah. Bang. Uh, <laughs> So Return to Oz, the idea is she's 10, and she hasn't stopped talking about Oz since she got back. Uh, And Kansas is sort of, it's not like Judy Garland's version where it's like studio sets. mm -hmm. It's very much like they, it looks like what you would expect a sort of dead landscape Kansas to look like. Okay. They're in the middle of nowhere. They're rebuilding the house that the tornado destroyed. And they don't have money. Uncle Henry's leg is sort of like broken, but it's also like psychosomatic. Like, and Emma's like, no, his leg is mended. That's, that's, that's a mended leg. So they're having sort of this weird, like he's sort of falling into a depression. There's basically. no place like home because home is very depressing in a way that only home can be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no fairy tale logic in the fucking real world. Yeah. You can't like sprinkle, you know, dandelion powder on Uncle Henry's leg and he's going to fucking do a jig. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Dorothy, because she won't stop insisting that where she went is real, they decide to take her to this doctor who's advertising in the in the local paper. And he sits down with her and he goes, okay, so tell me about Oz. Tell me about how you got back. That's interesting. That's fascinating. I want you to meet my friend. And then he wheels out this giant box and it's a machine. And he's saying, it kind of has a face. Like you see how all the dials, like these dials, the eyes, this is the nose. It it even has a mouth, a little tongue. It's an electroshock therapy machine. Oh, fuck me. This is like nine. We're getting into, it's 1899. So everyone is just like, oh, electricity. Yeah. The healing power of electricity yeah. coursing through our bodies, getting yeah. rid of thoughts that we don't want anymore, getting rid of relatives that we don't like. <laughs> My wife is sick. Electroshock therapy. Yeah. Put her away. Let's cut part of her brain out. Mm-hmm. It, if the electricity doesn't work, we can just cut it out. Yeah. Until mm-hmm. she stops talking. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they leave her at this sort of hospital slash sanitarium. And she can hear like the wailing of patients in other areas That's of the building. Terrifying. And she asks like the head nurse who later plays a witch in Oz. Sure. She's like, I heard screaming. She's like, no, you didn't. No, let's strap you down to this bed. There's a reason why this film didn't do well. And it's because people probably walked in going awesome. Oz. We know what that Love is. Love it. Going back. Return to. We're returning to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a place that we all. Th- what is this? Yeah. What is this? Yeah, yeah. What it was is Reagan. Oh. 80s and everyone is is sad and mad so she escapes and like dark without any like reason for the darkness yeah, yeah. D- it's darkness for just sort of turning things on their ear uh-huh. which is what we do with a lot of these properties sure there's you know there are people who get their hands on it and their only idea is dark let's dark it up yeah yeah like i think return to oz is good on its own but you can't it should have probably never the financial reasoning behind it is just insane. Right. And Disney, when they got the film, they were like, oh, this is terrible. And it's like, well, you should have been watching Maybe this. Maybe not yeah. putting your pins in this yeah. uh, basket. Pins? Uh, <laughs> I am, mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Eggs? Pins, eggs. Pins. Shouldn't have been pinning your hopes to this. That's yeah. It was too crossed. I knew I was crossing metaphors, and I couldn't figure out 
halfway through what they were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, but I would recommend, I would recommend that one just okay. because it, it's interesting, like what it does and where it goes. Um, a lot of really interesting characters. Everyone sort of who has seen the movie is obsessed with these characters, the wheelers. Okay. So the wheelers are, um, the, the people in the hospital who are the staff, they show up again and they're on all fours and they, they, they have like these stunt people doing like their feet are wheels and yes. their hands are wheels. This, uh, sounds familiar. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they're doing like Julie Taymor mask things where like the mask is on the top of their head. And, and when they, so when they look down when they bow down, it's like these fucked up macabre faces mm. and like they chase her and. It's great. Like, I just watched it last night with Chris. Uh-huh. And I was sitting there going, this is upsetting. <laughs> this is making me spooky and scared. <laughs> and Chris was literally looking at me going, it's not that fucking scary. Yeah. Like, it is. It's, what the fuck up? <laughs> and then, yeah. Um, can I tell you about some just really weird things I found? Absolutely. Okay. So, Please. I mean, we could talk about a lot. There are a lot of other things. Like, like there's Wicked. Uh, yeah. Uh, which I is figured great. Wicked would come up at some point. Did uh, I start sobbing when I saw it at the Oriental Theater? Within the first two minutes? I, Within the first two minutes. Oh, dude. I saw it in London. Oh, my God. Because um, I was on study abroad at the time in, like, 08. And uh, I had already listened to the whole soundtrack top to bottom because mm-hmm. I was a fucking teenage girl yep. when who enjoyed theater when that came out. So, of course, I had listened to the whole thing top to bottom. <laughs> and same seas. Like, opening, you know, crescendo. So, I was just like... <laughs> what, what is that first song? Thank goodness. Thank no, that's the. Goodness. I think that's the second act opener. Uh, I. You're right. You're right. The goodness knows. Goodness that's the opening. Knows. You're right. You're right. You're right. And like the way it's written, it just it. Especially if you know where it's going. Exactly. I will tell you though that I thought it was going to be Defying Gravity that really like destroyed me, and of course it did. Um. Uh. And speaking of people of color, the woman who played Elphaba was a woman of color, and there it you was. Go awesome it was really cool because everyone was like oh duh like this doesn't matter at all i mean granted there are plenty of times where it shouldn't matter at all and we make a big deal out of it yeah and hopefully no one ever made a stink about that because she was incredible and she's fucking green the whole time so like who definitely who cares you know if you had any excuse um you've lost it there um, but, uh, it also like added this other layer of like, oh, cool. There's some like even further levels of like commentary yeah. in this now. Um, but she had an incredible voice. And, uh, like I said, I thought it was going to be Defying Gravity that really like crumpled me. But at the end of Wizard and I, when she is really like mm-hmm. nailing, the wizard and I, it was just like crying, crying, yep. crying, crying, crying. That show is Packed to the fucking gills with number after number after number, and half of them feel like like eleven o'clock numbers, but it's yes. like in the first twenty minutes. Yes, it's crazy. Like the Wizard and I, and like No Good Deed, mm-hmm. and yes. all of this stuff. They're just these huge numbers. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not that girl. Would always get me because mm. I was in like college, not I dating. <laughs> And I'd be sitting there going, I'm not that girl either. I, know. I mean, I was in college dating and not being that girl as well. Nope. Nope. <laughs> it, was also, it was also like when I... For, I and like d- for good is like mm-hmm. every woman of this like ilks, you know, song with her BFF. Yep. Oh my God. 
like a like a seed dropped by a skybird yes. halfway through the word. The lyrics are a little odd. They're a little shitty. <laughs> a little shitty because it's Stephen Schwartz and he fucking struck gold. And is I'm not going to sit here and say that the songs are great, but sometimes the lyrics. Yes, so I can't true. remember if he wrote the lyrics too. Mm, that might be a case of everyone maybe. knows his name, but then you forget the other half of you're, the team. You're right. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting because there's but there's some songs in that thing that I think are so clever, like popular is mm-hmm. so fun and so clever, and you don't really like at the lyrics in that one. But yeah, totally for good. It's like what? Okay, we yeah. could have spent maybe like two more minutes on this. <laughs> yeah, the sentiment is clear. Yeah, the sentiment is effective. And you know that. Uh-huh. And then you just chose to go, yeah, we got it. Yeah. It's fine. Shh, shh, shh. Steven, it's good. Yeah. It's fine. Um, so true. I just realized that I've heard this story about how Steven Sondheim, not Steven Schwartz, Steven Sondheim was throwing uh, this party, like this cocktail party. And a guy that I was seeing at, at, at you know, a couple, like maybe a year or two ago, mm-hmm. he, uh, it would have, yeah, it would have been like two years ago. His aunt was this big New York socialite just this Manhattan. She goes to all the parties. She knows all the people loves theater. Uh So she finds herself at this party. Sure. And she asks, you know, where the restroom is and she's directed to go up to the next floor. She goes into the restroom and she hears behind the shower curtain, some sort of rustling, some sort of movement. And she pulls back the shower curtain and it's like a 19 year old twink tied and bound and ball gagged like in leather straps. And she storms down the stairs and she goes, Stephen Sondheim, you go upstairs and you untie that boy this instant and you let him have a bit of fun. And Stephen Sondheim went, all right. And he did. And that boy walked around the party in his gimp outfit, his, I presume his little leather speedo or something. Jesus fucking strap. Everyone just going, who's that? Well, that's Stephen that's Sondheim's. That's boy. His boy. <laughs> his beautiful boy. <laughs> Ooh, I am not surprised by this story, but I am unsettled by it. Stephen, can I be in your workshop? You can proofread my emails. Exactly. exactly. And now I will make love to your anus. Yeah. Hachi machi. Um, Hachi machi indeed. Well, but you know, he got, he got his night at the party. He did. We all need our night at the party. How long was he in the bathtub? And you know he loved it. Oh, he was yeah. sitting there like writhing, going, "I can't get enough of this." Yeah, and it's a story. Stephen fucking Sondheim. Yeah, yeah. Oh, even if you hated it, you'd sit there you going, "Still well, have the story." He's I'm going to be able to me. tell everyone this. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's going in my memoirs. Yeah, exactly. Oh boy, uh, that is so sc- the fact that as a society we give people that power is very terrifying. And he's in. It's not even in like this huge arena. It's in the world of like musical theater. Yeah. And the fact that it's like, nope, no matter where you are, if you get to a certain point, you can sort of, like the whole Brian Singer thing. I I absolutely thought of Brian Singer there's, as you were telling this story. There's no way anyone can look at me in the eye and go, well, that's not true. Yeah. Like, it very easily could be. Yeah. And someone, like, thought it might pay off a little more than it did. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, you know, told people about it. Yep. We'll invite We'll invite these fellas to come over. Yeah. And then we'll give them, we'll tell them it's poppers. It'll be something a, probably a little bit stronger. Yeah. And then, you know. Yeah. They know what they're getting into. Yeah. I'm it's Brian so Am I a modern day Bill Cosby? Who knows? Is Bill yeah. Cosby a modern day Cosby? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Until he's dead, he will forever be a modern day Cosby. 
Um, when I when I was in Disney, oh, I think I might have um, told you this, but when I was in Disney, they have all these like busts in Hollywood Studios, and they had a Bill Cosby one, and I just wanted to like rip it down or deface it or something. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure since that happened, which was like two months, it was in May, so it was like two months ago, they've taken it down. Good. And I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Like it just it needed to be. I was surprised it was still there at the time. Um, is it frustrating that it takes like you know New York Magazine putting thirty nine people on their cover? Um, that article was. I haven't read it yet. I it's it. Is. I almost said I can't wait, but that sounded very. <laughs> it, it feels when you're reading it like wow, this is like this is real journalism. Yeah, this is work. See, I read a um, I read a like why. I think it was a WAPO article uh, around when the allegations first started to, like, resurface, uh, uh-huh. like, uh, less than a year ago, that was similar, but they hadn't talked to literally everyone. Okay. They had talked to, like, four or five women, and it was also, like, lots of similar stories, and that's when I was like, okay, I'm done. That's all I needed. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'm definitely going to... Um, and I think everyone probably should. Yeah. Well, Chris was going through his old records and, you know, he, he was going through it in general to see what he didn't want anymore. Yeah. And the Cosby records clearly like they were the first get to get tossed out. out. To and there was even like a greatest hits of the temptations record. And the liner notes were written by Bill Cosby. And he's talking about, like, well, when Camille and I saw the Temptations for the first time. And Chris is sitting there going, I Still like this album, but I got to get another version of it. This. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. And uh, his brother was like, I'll take them. <laughs> and we both kind of went, you, you want them? You understand why we're getting rid of them, right? <laughs> right. And he's like, I, yeah, I'll take them. It's not a big deal. I think big deal. There's not a broad definition Do you, for does it. Does anyone want this Chick Fil A gift card? <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Chicken's chicken. It's, chicken. it's not like the hands who made it. It's not. Yeah, they're not killing anyone. Uh, <laughs> um, have you seen Oz the Great and Powerful? Um, no. Is that the? Uh, That's the James Franco recent one. Yeah. So James Franco, um, uh, the woman from that '70s show, Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis. My goodness. There's a lot of people in that movie. My Kunis. My Kunis. <laughs> Would you like Vicuna? My Kunis. <laughs> and that's Sam Raimi. Mm. That movie's terrible. I heard that, so I continued to do what I had been doing and avoided it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that movie steals even more liberally from the Judy Garland version because it starts in black and white, goes to color. Really? It is so it it's is, kind of remake Yeah, they're trying to posit this as this is the official like prequel to the whole aesthetic. Really? Yeah. Because Franco's he's playing the wizard. He goes to oh, Oz and basically proceeds right. to like date rape three witches. Right. And we get like the or- we, no one needed an origin story for why the witch goes green. They literally explained to us how she turns green in this no. version of the story. And it's because she fought it's it's i mean uh, there's a story about that in wicked too but it's like right. two lines in a song yeah <laughs> yeah it's right. not a storyline no yeah well and well, well wicked is based on the gregory mcguire book which is apparently right much more fucked up i've heard super dark i own a copy but i've never read it i'm not very well read that's one of those books though that i feel <laughs> like i if i had it it would sit on the shelf for maybe 15 years yes and then i would go all right because it's part of a huge series yes and i just can't I don't know. I can't be bothered. I feel like the book. What I've that's kind of how it, I feel too. She has like sharp teeth. Yeah, she might have it's a, much darker. She might have a penis. Weirder. 
Oh. I feel like they, they established that, like, she's born with a penis. Like, a, she's... I do think I remember some sort of, like, hermaphrodite, hermaphrodite situation. thing. Yeah. So, with, when Stephen Schwartz got his material, like, his hands on the material, he was like, let's sort of shoo-shoo away. Let's make this cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a story about two young girls yeah. going to boarding school. We're going to need teenagers who want to wear... Yeah, we're going to need teenage girls who want to wear, like, sparkly, wicked t-shirts. Mm-hmm. We can't have a uh, witch with pointy teeth and a penis. No, no, no. <laughs> not, that it's, not that it's wrong to be a hermaphrodite. Right. But that might be hard to... It seems like a little bit too ex- much exposition for a stage show. There is truth to that, too. Does it factor into the overall arc? <laughs> right. Maybe, maybe not worry about it. Right, right, right. Uh, so it's, it's Sam Raimi directing Oscar Great and Powerful. And, like, that's, it's a really good example of a director sort of being, like, bashed in the back of the head by big Hollywood. Because mm. it's, like, you would think he would know how to do it with Spider-Man. But with Oz, like, I think that's the movie that, like, broke him. Because he does, you know how Sam Raimi does, like, the, the quick zoom? Mm-hmm. Like, the, he's got those visual flourishes. Sure. He does that in, like, the hot air balloon sequence, like, as the wizard is being swept off to Oz. Like, these these floorboards keep, like, shooting through the basket, and Sam Raimi just zooms in on those. It's like a man who just Weird. couldn't find room to do the things that he's good at. Yeah, and he was just like, well, if it's going to go anywhere, I guess it's going to go here. Ugh. Like he does the Evil Dead POV shot. Yeah. But it's in an Oz context, so it seems very out of, out place. of place. Yeah. And, like, of course, he has, like, scary women flying right. around shooting electricity out of their hands, and they have crazy makeup faces. Right. But I'm sitting there going, no. Also, there's a monkey in it that he makes. Uh, oh, do you think all bananas like monkeys joke? Uh, do you think all, all monkeys, monkeys like, like bananas, bananas joke? joke? And it reads as sort of like a weird, why is this like a, is this a race thing? Is this a joke yeah. about like race? Yeah. Not all monkeys like, but do we, do we really have to have this conversation? Yeah. So not great. Um, I'm going to tell you about two really weird versions. Please. So there's the Wizard of AIDS. No. <laughs> uh, the Wizard of AIDS. Um, this is from the Wikipedia. So, The Wizard of AIDS is, it's called The Wizard of AIDS, Aware Individuals Deserving Survival. Aware Individuals. Oh, okay. Clunky. Maybe yes. a little clunky. Yes. But you made it work, and I appreciate that. <laughs> it's a short musical play created by the AIDS Educational Theater, which is now referred to as uh, HealthWorks Theater in Chicago. Wow. In 87. So, the play is an AIDS education piece that follows Dorothy Gale and her friends from, uh, quote, the land of AIDS, as they battle the Wicked Witch of Unsafe Sex. Already, maybe it's a little on the nose. <laughs> I get that it's educational. We have to make our point clear. But maybe we're shooting a little little like, high and wide. they call her the witch of unsafe sex? You know, like you do. And they learn how to prevent... Wuss. <laughs> oh, it's the wuss. Hello, wuss. Oh, we have to fight the wuss. Oh, God. Uh, they learn how to prevent the spread of HIV. Along the way, the Scarecrow learns to use his brain yes. to make good choices to avoid infection. Right. The Tin Man finds it in his heart to feel compassion with peop- for people with the disease. Who have. Because he's a bigot. Yes. <laughs> All bigots are without hearts. <laughs> and the Cowardly Lion realizes the courage but- to face his fears about becoming ill. So presumably the lion has HIV already? Yeah. During and after the play, cast members distribute HIV prevention literature and condoms to the audience, aiming for an audience of teenagers and young adults. Fair enough. Sure. Health works towards the peace to high schools and college campuses across the country, occasionally sparking controversy. Although Dorothy... They still do this? I think so. Unless... 
You would say if they weren't doing it I would anymore. think so. All that is in the present tense. Yeah, because HealthWorks is their new name. Right, right, and if, right, right. I can't believe they're still... Okay. I yeah, that's like... I was like, wait, 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 wait. This thing someone wrote in the late 80s about AIDS that seems a little weirdsies in the first place yep. is still being performed. A little creaky. 20 years later. It's like those first uh, few AIDS plays Almost and AIDS 30 movies. years later. I, uh, although Dorothy chooses abstinence as her prevention strategy... The play frankly discusses condom usage, and the Wicked Witch is killed by being suffocated by a giant condom. <laughs> you know, like you do. Just like a... <laughs> yes. That's what I imagine. Head to toe. Suffocated by a giant condom. Speaking of uh, big set pieces yes. that you have to figure out. <laughs> and why is a condom being used to, like, kill someone? It's a little muddled. That's a good point. It's a little That's muddled. That's a really good point. Why didn't they use AIDS? <laughs> Oh, what's my weakness? A, a, a crumbling immune system in the face of mutagen. Fastly mutating disease. Jesus Christ. Um, oh, boy. I just want to tell you about this, this book called Fifty Shades of Oz. Of course that exists. We were talking about you know books published you know, through Amazon, mm-hmm. uh, self-publishing. This is by Lillian Jacobs. Uh, the like the sort of ad copy for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to read it to you like as it's written. There's a lot of ellipses. So I'll Good. just say like dot, dot, dot. Yes. So it says, in a world without color, with nothing but gray, in parentheses, 50 shades, dot, dot, dot. We get it. You don't have to keep pushing it. Speaking of on the nose. Boop, boop, boop. Jesus Christ. You're going to have to get a nose job because <laughs> you're crushing me right now. <laughs> so it says, dot, 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 is a girl whose best friend is a long black object parentheses no it's not a dog dot 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 first of all dogs aren't objects so you're not and i would never think long black as a description for dog any dog no let alone the small dog that is typically associated with a small furry yes a small furry dog or a small black dog yes that's it (laughs) yep who travels to an erotic fantasy land parentheses Again, parentheses. No, not your bachelorette party in Vegas. That's an erotic fantasy. I was going to say this. Also a terrible analogy. Not where my brain was. No. Like that's when you're wearing like dick hats and like the straws are dicks and the cake is a dick. Nothing about that is erotic or a fantasy. No. Uh, It says dot, 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 ruled by the great and powerful Oz, parentheses, who may or may not look like James Franco. Dot, dot, dot. Okay, so they're very obviously r- responding to the great and powerful Oz. Yep. And discovers true love. The words are marked out. True love has been struck through. You know that mm-hmm. thing you can do a Microsoft Word? <laughs> strike through. <laughs> and discovers. And, and anyone reading the synopsis is like, ooh, I do not know how to do that. Mm, it goes back to that. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. That's interesting. Good job. I mean, I don't know how to bowl, but I can't do strike through. How do you make columns? How do you make two <laughs> columns? What if I wanted three columns? Oh, you just, it's one over? Okay. Uh, and discovers not true love, but her own dark desires. And of course, you can get like a preview sample of like the book. Sure. Um, so in the first chapter, which this is, is what you did. Yeah. Uh, the first chapter is maybe one and a half pages long, like you do. Great writing. Just and turn those puppies out, man. Mm-hmm. Nobody's really regulating those things. Nope. She also wrote Fifty Shades of Red Riding Hood. Why do we keep returning to, like, why? 
It's like Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland, Sherlock Holmes. But these aren't even, like, they're not even good pun. Like, at least, you know, burlesque name it, you know? Yeah. Like Bad Riding Hood. Yeah. Something. <laughs> right. That's so lazy, but... Yeah, but it's, still, it's not as lazy as Fifty Shades of Blank. Red, yeah, Fifty Shades of anything. And the cover of the single is the ruby slippers, the Olympic road, and just a pair of handcuffs. Mm. It's just total, like, this will get They're, the they're not ruby handcuffs? Come on! Nope. Uh, so she writes a parody of Somewhere Over the Rainbow in the book. And the lyrics are, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, Way Up High. Okay, so establishing Same normalcy. Same so far, yes. Yeah, it'll be fine. It won't be crazy. Mm-hmm. There's a man who can guide me to a, euf- to a euphoric high. Great. Somewhere of the rainbow, I can screw. And the creams that you dare to cream really do come, C-U-M, true. Somewhere of the rainbow, it, it says somewhere of the rainbow, I can screw. And you would think the next lyric is going to be like continuing the phrase, uh-huh. but we just go into no. And the creams that you dare to cream, do I dare cream these creams? <sighs> That's oh. a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. There's um, a lot going on there. <laughs> there's and also, a lot of lazy. That's just like, uh, this is just like fan fiction, but we're giving it more than it deserves. Yeah, you know, right. like there, I don't. Like, I can't fault anyone for wanting to write or read fan fiction. If that's your thing, more power to you. Keep it within maybe, like, your really niche put community. It, put it on a fanfiction.net. Go into, like, the Supernatural area. Literally the show Supernatural, mm-hmm. where I'm yep. sure there are, like, thousands of things that yep. people have written about that show. And that's, like, that's why those things exist. Right. We don't need Fifty Shades of Oz in the Kindle. And I got to like, store. I guess, I guess she's making money. She probably someone be. probably bought it. Because people are like, oh, the creams. I couldn't do that. No, no. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's. This is one of those properties where we've done it so many times. Mm-hmm. We've done it backwards, forwards. We put it in space. We've. Is there really? There's a there's an anime TV show called The Wonderful Galaxy of Oz. Because <laughs> why the fuck not? Amazon has a children. You know how Amazon does that sort of like voting process mm-hmm. where you can sort of vote to see what's going to get picked up f- for a full season. They have like a children's genre where you can vote on just the new children's pilots. Okay. And there is a show called uh, something about like the land of Oz or something like that. And it's just yet another variation. Sure. Um, and it's, it's always, it's always like the daughter. It's always like Dorothy's daughter. Oh yeah. 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 Like NBC is, is setting up. They, they were, they canceled it at first, but now it's in development again and it's called Emerald city. Ooh. It's a police procedural where Dorothy is a cop in Kansas and her and her dog in her cop car get swept away by a tornado and they land in Oz and presumably they solve oh. crimes Oz. You can't see this on the podcast, but as John was describing that, my eyes got wider and wider in disbelief. And then, like, life left them. <laughs> yeah. And you saw the other half of the universe that you don't see when you're alive. Exactly. And I saw over back. the rainbow, and it was better there. <laughs> you creamed some creams that <laughs> you creamed. had never dared to cream. <laughs> and um, they really come true. Yeah. Uh, Lifetime is developing this series called Red Brick, Red Brick Road. 
Uh, that's described as uh, it's a lifetime. Like of all the why, why does lifetime need this? But it's apparently going to explore the oldest and the oldest, darkest, and most dangerous parts of Oz. So it doesn't sound original. No. There's a Game of Thrones style show coming to Sci-Fi called Warriors of Oz. Um, and then CBS <laughs> is developing a medical drama called Dorothy. What's that? Is that Dorothy being a doctor? In right. Oz? Oh, I'm a doctor. Oh, from... The same show, except doctor instead of cop, because those are the only occupations people can have on TV. Or like Dorothy's a teacher, or Dorothy's a firefighter, yeah. or Dorothy is, I don't know, Deborah Messing is Dorothy. and Doctor, cop, baby doctor. <laughs> doctor, cop, baby doctor. Yeah. <laughs> the, the idea is that in the marketing, it says Dr. Cop. Colon. Uh, yeah. And then to further, like, we don't think you know what this is yet. Yeah. Baby, baby do- doctor. Because yeah. we didn't have baby up top there. Yeah. And it's like a Photoshop of, like, a gun and a stethoscope and a little cop hat, but then also a lab coat. Uh-huh. And it's the baby. Uh-huh. All with a baby, yes. Yeah. But it's a black baby, so yeah. it's we're trying. Diversity, yeah, yeah, diversity, yeah. Diversity, diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other thing I wanted to tell you about was how Al Frank, Al Frank Baum... Uh, the author of the book hated Native Americans. Oh no! And he wanted them killed. <laughs> no. After um, Wounded Knee, like the massacre at Wounded mm-hmm. Knee, um, he. Oh yeah, because he was like around when a lot of that was going down. Oh yeah. Get and it. this was before he wrote any of the you know the children's books. Mm-hmm. But he was writing for this newspaper, and he said, you know, I think at this point the white man has sort of made it clear that. You know, we this are is our dominant. Town. This is our town. Get the fuck out. And he's like, why don't we just finish the job? He's Jesus like, Christ. he's like, you know how we could avoid these these terrible incidents where we come into conflict with the, these conflict with these people? Kill them just all. get rid of them. They're already like these whelping dogs, sort of like scratching mm. at our heels. Like, just fucking come on, <laughs> Jesus. Before just, he was an author, and and like. We don't talk about that, though. Nope. Well, th- this this Native American tribe in, the, in in Chittenago, New York, which is where he's from, this is the same tribe that's going up against the Redskins mm. team to sort of get them to change the name. Gotcha. This same tribe wanted to open up a casino that was Oz-themed in the city, and everyone was like, don't you understand? Like, don't you understand that Bomb, like, wanted to... Hated... He killed. He wanted to kill your people. Yeah. And they're like, well, here's the thing. The bomb estate apologized for that. Oh, And boy. we feel like we're fine with it. So um, we want to open money, this. Money, 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 money. Oh, but you Redskins Jesus. people? How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Jesus. That's rough. It sort of puts a really harsh spin on. And it almost makes you think, like, how many of those people are like, let's keep saying how dare you until they pay us to shut up. Mm-hmm. Which is like, I guess, more power to you, but at the same time, maybe we don't maybe we don't support people. No. Who... It's fine. You can do a casino about anything. You can yeah. do a casino about anything. Literally anything. And people will... Here's the thing. It doesn't fucking matter what the theme is. Why did why in the world? Why do you need it? <laughs> What's that intersectionality? What's yeah. that marketing singularity so of true. Oz fans and fucking hunched over slot machine users 
where it's like, oh, I love this idea. People are going to, if you build it, they will come. Right. And it won't matter that it's, uh, yeah, you know, a big road slot machine. No. And I don't care how like nice and glitzy it is up top. No matter what the theme is, it's just going to smell within yeah. a year. <laughs> and that's so true it, it does. and the kind of people who go there are going to be so abysmal to be around that it will have no like personality whatsoever huh. make a casper casino yeah it's fine yeah bill pullman you know he makes a, an appearance at the opening it's fine <laughs> right casper right, right, hasn't right. done anything to the native american people nope. he wouldn't <laughs> he would go out of his way to help he's friendly <laughs> yeah i feel like i've just been i've I, i've gone through like three pages of just like stuff no i love it no i mean i didn't know about any of this except for you know the whiz and wicked basically I, i've been so obsessed with it just as a kid like i have like a, you know, a huge poster in my room mm-hmm. and i think the 39 film and return to oz were like rainy day movies because mm-hmm. i think i was just like a sort of humdrum glum kid mm-hmm. and there are those movies like i think i put labyrinth in the same category where if it's raining outside that's the perfect time to like watch the dreary that makes sense yeah. and i can definitely see that being kind of lumped together with all that um do you what do you think it was about wizard of oz that really like uh clicked with you I I think I really was taken aback by that shift in the movie, that mm-hmm. black black and white to color shift. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I, I rewatched it on TV. So I think this would have been at like at Thanksgiving, maybe a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. And I was astonished by, I mean, it's, it's, it seems so obvious, but her performance in the movie, Judy Garland, it's, it's astonishing. Yeah. Because everything pre Oz is her being upset about Toto. Right. Because Toto is presumably going to like be, fucking exterminated and euthanized right by miss gulch and like the the sadness on display and the desperation that she sort of puts out there is really affecting yeah yeah it doesn't come off like it's like that thing of in another person's hands it would come off as this is very old style of performing Mm. this seems like this is the way the people acted in front of a camera in 1939 but we don't do that anymore right 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 but with her she really cracked the code yeah i think i've heard that discussed or like read that discussed before that it was kind of um you know like not only was the i mean you were saying that that color change was affecting for you in you know when you're growing up in the 90s Mm -hmm. Think about in the fucking 30s and 40s how incredible that that was. But at the same time, like you said, I've always understood that she was kind of a game changer where where acting was concerned as Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Well, it's like if they had done – if you were watching a silent film and you had never for once in your life thought about the idea of a talkie. Right. And then out of nowhere, people just looked into the camera and they started talking to right. you. Right. You'd be like, this doesn't, this is insane. Like a, a bridge has been built now that we didn't even know we could make. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That effect is really great. I think there's really good humor in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't come off like that Marx Brothers stuff of, <laughs> right. oh man, this is like, this is direct from creaky, dusty stages. Sure. Uh, yeah. There's um, there's a new version of, the the 1939 so it in london they they were like we're gonna do a full musical production but the thing is that movie doesn't really have a ton of music no and the songs that are there are very short mm-hmm. like somewhere over the rainbow uh classic song 
And that's probably the longest in the entire film. Yeah. Everything else right. is just reprises. Mm -hmm. It's like, if I had a brain, if I had a heart, we're off to see the wizard. Mm -hmm. A lot of that. Mm -hmm. So who did Follow they... Follow the Elbegrown. Yes. So who did they turn to to write all of the new music? Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yes, of course. It is so bad. Ooh, uh, yes, of course again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> just doing, just doing, doing pfts yep. a uh dame sir Andrew oh my God. like he gives the witch a song the witch never needed a song in that <sighs> version of the story and it's called the red shoe blues and she's like no i have to get the shoes the shoes have the power and it's like no but it doesn't it still doesn't do any work to explain why what? she want the power we're here for At four minutes if you're gonna yeah <laughs> have her explain it we're here for four minutes and this is of course so this was 2011 so way past wicked mm -hmm. and it's like we don't need this mm -hmm. we have wicked now that was that what this thing is trying to be basically yeah wicked took the stage yeah you can't you can't have that now mm -hmm. and of course i've seen videos like the 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 sets are amazing like the yellow brick road and the way like I'm it sure it's moves gorgeous. on stage, yeah. but money doesn't, you know, sort of pan out to memorability. No. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, Spider Man, turn off the dark. Turn off the dark, <laughs> Spider Man. <laughs> Please. We should have stopped at the name as oh soon as God. someone saw the name to that musical. They should have been like, cut it. The boy in the red. Don't let him do it. <laughs> he falls from the sky. And that's enough. <laughs> it, yeah. I, uh, I I just and it was one of the first times I think when I realized oh there's an endless supply of variation on this story sure because I didn't what's that's kind of that was like another question that I had was like how did the interest in the like adaptations really grab you when like so many of them are so disappointing especially yeah. well like I I was growing up and I liked writing and I think when you're a kid and you want to write what you start off doing is what you're doing is sort of like fan fiction. Yes. So you write a story. That's all you about, know. Yeah. You're right. pulling from characters and shows that you already know. So I was doing like just recreations of the story. So I would write out, but it wasn't different. It was just the same, like in my own sort of That's so funny. broken grammar. Right. Uh, and then what's so odd is that I didn't read any of the other books really. I was going to ask that too. It's a huge series. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot in it, but my interest never kind of went past the first book. Interesting. It's like The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Mm -hmm. Loved that book. Mm -hmm. You couldn't, I don't think you could have gotten me to sit down with the rest of it. Wow. Because the first one felt very contained. Mm -hmm. And that, that same thing has happened like with the movies too, right? Didn't yes. they make like one, they maybe three. two more? Yeah. Uh, and now, oddly enough, they're trying to, I think they really are trying to push for, they're, really? they're gonna, they want to try and get it going again. Hmm. But they want to clearly. They're going to have to recast the whole damn thing. Yeah, all those kids are old as hell now. Yeah, they're they're already the old, like you know, by the second one. Right, and well, those books have no continuity at all. Like new kids keep popping up. Oh, that's right. Old kids, yeah, because show they up. become like you know kings and queens in the first one, right. and they have to kind of go back to the drawing board. Well, Narnia has that rule of like you age out. Like, right. you can't keep coming back now because you have like right. a boner. Yeah, <laughs> right. Kids, right, like, right. So you can't come in. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, I think I just uh, – because I liked movies and TV, too, because what kid doesn't? Mm -hmm. So I, I just sort of made it my mission to track down everything. Mm -hmm. uh, I, another Yet another thing that I can throw out is that there's a TV special uh, called Thanksgiving in the Land of Oz. It's the most it – is the, it is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. 
Jeez. Dorothy is going to have to live with someone else because Anna and Uncle Henry are going to a retirement. <laughs> Fuck. You know how that happens. How you're living with your aunt and uncle and they have to go to a retirement home. So you have to live with someone else. Because that's how, you that's know, how custody that's works. how retirement homes work. Mm-hmm. And that's how, yeah, child rearing works. Sure. <laughs> well, and then, so she, she goes to Oz. And any, I, I kind of can't stand sequel to the Wizard of Oz because for the most part, it's it's always she goes back and she meets three other dudes. Really? It's always three other dudes. Yeah. So in this dumb TV special from like the 70s, she 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 meets a talking mince pie. Stop. And the pie, because it's a mince pie, like there are ingredients from all over the world. So the dialect of the pie keeps changing. No. And that's the joke like, Oh, lassie, how are you doing? Wait, wait. What? I do believe that we can go over there. Oi, the oi, oi. Fuck. It's insane. And she she fights this villain who's like a vague ice villain. Like, it's a character we've never heard of. He's like, made of ice. And then at the end... What fucking addled coke fiend writes this shit? And I think, like, I think Ed Asner when, might What be year was this? I want to say late 70s. Yeah. And at the end of it, she, honest to God, she goes back to Kansas and she's like, I wish Uncle Henry and Anna didn't have to go to retirement home. That's when the Emerald City comes to them. Oz and our world fucking mesh just because she's like i wish this didn't have to happen and uncle and uncle henry and him step out of their house and you even in a cartoon like a badly animated cartoon you can see their minds exploding they're like what the flying fuck a city it's, just came this out whole thing's sky. animated yes okay uh, right. it might be 19 minutes long yeah okay. <laughs> but they shove as much in there as they possibly can <laughs> yep and and she keeps referencing thanksgiving throughout they tried to rename it later to sort of make it pretend like they, it wasn't so stupid. They, they, now they call it Dorothy in the Land of Oz. It's not. It's but called, they it's called say Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving in it constantly. a thousand times. This is our last Thanksgiving. She says to one of the characters, you know, you just need to be brave like our founding fathers and the pilgrims. <laughs> no. She, I think she says something like, well, you know, the, the pilgrims sat down with the Indians and they had a peaceful Thanksgiving. <sighs> I'm sure if we just talked to this... Super duper ice cold freezy man. We can sit down and have some maze. Some maze. <laughs> well, then there's and then maybe build a casino. Oh my god! Well, and then there's <laughs> Legends of Oz: Colon Dorothy's Return, which is a movie that came out like two years ago. It has Leah Michelle from Glee as Dorothy. Oh, and it's got like Kelsey Grammer and um. What the fuck? Oh my god! Why can't I think of the crazy guy from Ghostbusters who thinks UFOs are real and he has his own vodka? Um, uh, he's been trying to make Ghostbusters three happen for thirty years. Mm, oh my god! Um, you know what? You know what names are coming to mind? Like Dwight Yoakam. I know Crispin Glover <laughs> is like the only name that came to mind for me. <laughs> well, this is the most insane block that I've ever come across. We'll talk through it. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, uh, it, it's got this supposedly star-studded cast. It didn't do well. I mean, I'm sure Leah Michelle was like, "Yes, of course, I'll play Dorothy. Yes. I this will be my propulsion into Judy Garland territory." Never, <laughs> never. I feel bad for people who have to write musical versions of the story uh-huh. because there's always the somewhere over the rainbow slot. Yes, where it's like she's not in Oz yet. We have to give her that song yeah don't do that to someone that's so true they give it to her in this movie like leah michelle has to do this song a 
you can't, uh, someone I can't remember the rainbow note of it. song. Of course not. Can't remember a note of it. But <laughs> it's so funny. Like it does prove positive that you dig this stuff. The fact that you've seen all of these like I made garbage Brandon, weird I made Brandon things. watch it with me. <laughs> he was like, "Why are we here?" And I'm like, "Shh." shh. You know who's in it? Martin Short. Oh. Uh, he's an evil jester who's the brother of the wicked witch. These relatives. Why is it always a relative? <laughs> Ursula has a sister. No, she does not. <laughs> Ursula does not have a skinny sister. <laughs> Jafar has some cousin. Stop it. Speaking of retcon, yeah, it's like, oh, Ugh. remember a character that we never referenced in the first thing? Well, when that movie didn't do well, uh, the, the more What's it called? Legend of Oz? Legends of Oz, colon, Dorothy's Return. Here's an idea. Pick one. <laughs> don't go with both we've we've seen a lot of titles today with like weird colons like a lot of like bad choices being uh, made what was it dr Cobb, baby doctor <laughs> doctor dr, dr. Cobb, Cobb, baby, baby doctor, doctor. I, I remembered it exactly <laughs> that's exactly what it was so when it failed at the box office the guy who ran this shitty cgi studio because it's a cgi film oh of he, course it is he blamed jew hollywood he was like you know why because these fucking jewish executives don't put money into the marketing because they don't want my movie to do well. They, quote unquote, don't want my movie to do well. Hey, Al Frank Bomb motherfucker. I love it when these small studios get their movies into like a thousand theaters across the country and they bomb because they're fucking shitty. Because they're bad, yeah. yeah. The animation on display looks like something from maybe uh, a Bugs Life Ants era uh, of, of computer animation. Uh-huh. It looked fucking that we've shitty. moved like way past... I saw I saw Inside Out this past uh, weekend. One, it's beautiful and amazing and and perfect and like maybe my favorite Pixar movie now. Mm -hmm. But I was really floored by how gorgeous the animation is, like and and how interesting and like when they go into the abstract area. That's the best sequence in the brain was fucking blowing. Like, well, and the characters have like that sort of uh, pipe cleaner crinkly texture to them yes especially the bing bong character mm-hmm. I, I was i like is like slightly differently animated yes and and that was so like affecting and and cool oh man well and then you realize a lot of other films they just sort of rely on smooth textures yeah like, all the, like it's minions yes so <laughs> everything is just Ye- little yellow pills yep yeah and it doesn't look nearly as good it's so lazy yeah i thought even i i've only seen the trailer i've seen the first despicable me and was like that was okay and i've had no desire to watch anything else from it it's not a story that really needed continuing (laughs) no but you know it's a cash grab uh but i hearing sandra bullock's voiceover work that's very strange and the trailer sounds bad Mm mm-hmm What's going on? Like, there's a disconnect, right? Yeah. Between the character you see moving its mouth. Exactly. And never more have I been able to picture a woman standing in a studio. Exactly, yes. I had the same feeling because she's like, today is our rise or whatever the fucking line from the trailer is. Who wants to work with the greatest supervillain of all time? And I had the exact same reaction. I thought about like tweeting something about it, but I was like, is this just me? No, (laughs) that was my immediate thought. I think it sounds terrible. Like Brandon saw that trailer, and I, th- I think we may have seen something where that was that played beforehand, mm-hmm. and he was like, "That's a weird sort of effect, isn't it?" Yeah. And the trailer made a huge deal about of the it. fact that it was Sandra Bullock. And I wanted to because my they're hand trying go, to like sell it to the moms who have to take their kids to the thing. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. You, they're wh- going to take their kids to the thing. Regardless. You don't need these people in your movie. You no. really don't because they're going to go anyway. Save some money and make a better movie. Yeah, and get hire someone who can good voice actors. Get Amy Sedaris. Yeah, 
She could yeah. do a crazy supervillain voice. Absolutely. In her goddamn unconscious you know, yeah. fugue state, she could do that. Exactly. Voice. That was like, that was my thought. And like, I, you know, this is such a shitty thing when people do it on the internet. Like, oh, I could write a better movie than this. <laughs> I could go, I could go. Yeah, but like, I could be a better voice actor than Sandra Bullock is in that trailer. Yes. <laughs> Hands down. <laughs> because, and it also seems like she's really not bringing Doesn't, anything to yeah, it. Yeah. She just showed up with like a coffee in hand and mm-hmm. read the script for the first time into the mic. Yeah. I mean, because she has that sort of. Not, I don't know why Chris Evans is a point of comparison, but like it's that sort of bounce back where Chris Evans was sort of fading, fading, yes. fading. So true. And he got that out is of that. An interesting analogy, yeah. And she was on that way too. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like now that she's back, we're sort of just supposed to assume that everything she's going to do trotting is amazing. Out. Yeah, we're just trotting her out. No, and it's like, well, it's, it's minions. Yeah. Let's all calm down. Yeah. We don't need Madonna. We don't need. Was one of the Shrek films had Justin Timberlake yes. as a teenage King Arthur? Yes, it's fine. Uh, Shrek the Third, Shrek the Third, I believe. Uh, and Shrek I, Forever After. I saw Shrek the Third in theaters. Why? Because I was in high school. Oh, okay, <laughs> or uh, I think. I don't think I was in high school. I think I was a camp counselor at my old high school. Okay. And I was there over the summer and we had very little to do and it was a dollar theater. So we're like, ah, uh, fuck, who cares? And it was so bad. <laughs> what's, what is bad about Shrek the third? Like what's going, I don't, I don't even know what's going on in that. I one. don't remember, but Shrek is trying to like set King Arthur up with someone. Yeah. It's just like, it fuck? doesn't have anything to do with what's already been established in the first. And I think I even went because I was like, well, the second one was cute. You know, like it was good enough. That's always a bad sign. <laughs> yeah. But whereas like with the pirate of the Caribbean movies, I saw that second one was like, I'm out. Yep. <laughs> and you feel better for it. Yeah. Like it's so freeing. They're still making those fuckers. We're getting, yeah, we're getting the next one. Jesus Pete. He's getting the sort of Tutankhamen or the, oh, I don't, that's not really probably it. something like that. It, it's though. like the shroud that Jesus put his face the on. The crystal or skull. Yeah. You know um, how you do. <laughs> Jesus. Goddamn. Um, Okay. So, is there anything else that you'd feel remiss if you didn't get to, like, cover it? Oh, goodness. Hmm. Mm, Rifling. I can read you, like, a quote, an actual quote from Mel Frank Baum, so, like, people don't think I'm being facetious. Um, About the uh, Native American thing? Yes. Uh, Okay, so he he says, the whites, which he capitalizes, uh, old school style. All right. The whites, by law of conquest... By justice of civilization. By law of conquest. conquest. The law of conquest states that if I push you down and you don't get back up, what's yours is now mine. That's how that works, right? And the best safety of the frontier settlements will be secured. Okay, I'm sorry. The whites, by law of conquest, by justice of civilization, are masters of the American continent. And the best safety of the frontier settlements will be secured by the total annihilation of the few remaining Indians. <laughs> why not an why not annihilation? Their glory has fled, their spirit broken, their manhood effaced. It's better that they should die than live the miserable wretches that they are. <laughs> Two weeks later, <laughs> uh, Baum reiterated his point in another editorial, and he demanded that the US government quote wipe these untamed and untamable creatures from the face of the this is the man who wrote these books. Mm-hmm. He would go on, like, 10 years later, he would he would whip out that first book. Oof. And, you know, that's just 
when you have an opinion, what's so funny is that when you see the editorial online, it's nowhere any length that you would think an editorial is now. Oh, sure. It's like maybe two and a half paragraphs. Really? So okay. that's like the vast majority of it is just like total annihilation. They'll thank us later. Yeah, it's like a BuzzFeed slideshow. <laughs> like 10 races that really should just not be around anymore because we're tired of hearing them whine all the time. <laughs> We gave you your fire water. What are you fucking oh, about? Uh, we took your things. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. I don't think they're, yeah, they're not any, I feel like I just like listed a bunch of just stuff. It was fun. Uh, yeah, I would, I would check out the original book for the illustrations. The illustrations are really cool. That's interesting. Uh, very strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there the was, you know, it's out there. Mm-hmm. There's no shortage of access. If you want to start looking into all of this stuff, mm-hmm. the, the well is not. There's a fucking Tin Man series with Zoe Deschanel. Oh, we, yeah, that's Alan right. Cumming. Did you watch that? No. Yeah, I mean, someone tried to tell me it was good, and I didn't. I didn't buy it. <laughs> Even my curiosity as I get right. older. Like I grew up with Mystery Science Theater 3000. Mm-hmm. So as a kid, like I had a very strong sense of I would. I would like to watch anything that is idiotic and uh-huh. bad. But now that I'm almost thirty, it's like. I need to pick and choose because right. if this is going to make me That's feel... exactly how I feel. Yeah. I, I just can't... I weed out things that, like, I just know I have no interest in watching almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Even if people tell you, mm-hmm. like, no, this is hilarious, mm-hmm. you have to decide for yourself, like, no, this isn't in my bag. Yeah, exactly. There's so many things that people, like, you know, for one reason or another, people like, but I can look at and go, that's not for me, no. or check out and you know, a few episodes or like, you know, 20 minutes in, if we're talking about a movie, say this isn't for me. (laughs) No, if people don't, if people have seen like, let's say the room and Mm -hmm. they don't, they don't, they say they don't get it or like they don't like it. You just have to let them have that. Exactly. Because it's so niche and it's just so specific. Yeah. I I feel I'm, I'm very tired of people exclaiming like oh why doesn't everyone like this one thing that i like mm-hmm. why it's it goes back to that like this has to exist forever because i like it and they have to keep making it right like, no it's you, or that nostalgia filter of what do you mean you never grew up with that how like why would you why would you accuse someone of like sort of betraying a childhood that only you experienced? I know. I Have get, you ever seen The Wizard of Oz? That happens to me a lot because I really just like didn't get that into film until I was older. Yeah. So I try really hard not to do it to other people. Mm-hmm. I, the only time I feel like I fall into it is if I'm like, oh my god, I really know you very well, and I think that you specifically would like this thing. Right. You know. So I'm like, please watch this. I think you'd like it. It's mm-hmm. not just like a bland, you know, broad. I can't believe you never had the same experience I had. Yeah. Yeah. You were how old when Jurassic Park came out? Ugh, I feel old. That's the I'm that. so tired. Up, dumb, dumb. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. And it seems like that every day is like, it's been 20 years since blah, blah happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or these arbitrary re-releases of movies. Uh, like Return to Oz, for example, it's like the 30th anniversary edition, like 30. Right. Or Disney will randomly be like the 15th. Yes. 15? So true. I think we can wait. I think yeah. we're fine. Actually. I know. I, know. I, was... <laughs> I know you want to move more units, but they'll do that with like Robin Hood. It's like the, it's like the 40, 
the 40th. And then, and then it'll go back into the vault. <laughs> God, do they still do that? I think so. Oh, good Lord. Um, the only other thing I was going to say is that, like, I recently got the invitation to my um, fifth uh, uh, reunion for college. Fifth. And I was, like, looking at it, and I was like, no. I don't think I'm going to go to this. I'll wait for 10. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> why, why fun? Yeah. Nobody's going to look that different. No. And what, you only go to those things. To try to... Well, that's what TV sitcoms tell us. That you <laughs> right. only go to see who's... But now weird. we also, like, we have Facebook. So, like, every conversation is like, oh, what do you do now? Oh, that's right. I saw that on Facebook. Or, like, what does this person look like? Oh, that's right. I still know what that person looks like now, you know? Yeah. So... The snake doesn't eat its own tail anymore. The snake, like, is the tail. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. There's no beginning and end. Right. And it's not... I mean, I'm not trying to, like, say I don't care about any of my you know memories or any of that or seeing any of these people but at the same time it's like there's going to be so many superficial conversations that i just don't care to have well and how many people are going to be there that you would actually want to say exactly talk maybe two to ten exactly like i'd rather send out an email and be like holy shit guys i can't believe we've been graduated for five years Let's all get together and have drinks. Yeah. Like, I don't need to go back to Furman to see every odd person that I saw when to I was hear, like, there. people speaking. Like, you'd have to hear, listen to some weird speech or no. participate in some sort I'm of... I'm like, my parents still live in the state where I went to school. It's not out of the realm of reason for me to go back there for some reason. Yeah. So... They can... You know what they can do? They can keep their fingers on the pulse of what's going on with the people that stayed. Right. Exactly. And if you need to know anything that's exactly. not already on Facebook... Just ask that. That's, that's very much a, a reality for sure. Um, cool. This has been so fun. Yeah. Um, one last thing. How do you feel your love of uh, The Wizard of Oz and adaptations thereof has influenced you both uh, creatively and then kind of your life in general? I, I know we've talked about this a decent amount, but... Yeah, I, I think having consumed so much of it, that after a while, it sort of makes it very hard for any new version or any new sure. take to w truly feel good mm -hmm. uh, and fresh. Mm -hmm. um, and as a you know, as someone who's trying to write stuff, you know, we're in a city where a lot of the stage stuff that's being produced is parody. Yes. So I keep thinking to myself, like, could I do? I have had the idea of could I do? some sort of version of Oz that is funny to me that could be funny to other people and isn't just trotting. I hate to sort of, I really don't mean to talk down as much as it's going to sound, it's going to sound like I'm talking down, but there's a lot of, you know, gay parody sure. in Chicago. And it's a lot of that. I, I mean, when we were talking about 50 shades of Oz. Yes. There was a 50 shades of gay, I believe yeah. something, some kind of like, Oh yeah. Gay twist on Jeffrey 50 Sell? shades of gray. I think that's a, like an online, that's another Kindle oh, novel yes. you Oh, yes. I think buy. you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. So it's a lot of this stuff where, yeah, you just change one word. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think there's a show called like Pussy on a Hot Tin Roof or something. Mm. And it's just, it's drag cat on a hot tin roof. Sure. And I don't, I don't want it to be even close to that. Sure. Because sure, you're going to get the laughs. Mm -hmm. And yeah, people will be entertained. Mm -hmm. But they're... I'm not saying you can't write something frothy and silly, mm -hmm. but there, there's something that is a little bit more um, hearty that you can make that is in that realm. It's, I totally agree. It's goofy. Yeah. It's silly. It's not trying. It's not like trying to shove a message down your throat, mm -hmm. but also it's not, um, you didn't crank it out over a weekend. Mm -hmm. 
and then throw it on stage. I have, I have thoughts about this, but I don't want to talk about them on mic. Um, sure. Because uh, yep. I have like a specific thing that totally fits in this, but mm-hmm. I don't want to put it on, put it on blast. Right. Uh, so remind me afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it makes you want. It makes you really think. Okay. It, it it makes me stop developing those ideas. Sure. Where it's like you know I absolutely. could absolutely do something like this, but. I don't even know. I don't even know if I could get to the end of it, mm-hmm. finishing it, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that's a good self awareness yeah. to have for sure. Mm-hmm. And but you know, if someone can do it, and someone can really do it well, then I would absolutely give them props. I mean, sure. we've we've heard a Christmas Carol a billion times, so true. But that doesn't mean that someone can't play the role of Ebenezer Scrooge really well and make you think of that differently. Yeah, and someone can write a really good script version of it mm-hmm. that somehow isn't the same you know six beats Mm -hmm. uh good lord Uh, i'm i'm really really tired of a christmas carol like so tired of a christmas carol you could do that more tired of anything i think that like and yet i say that and sarah shockey and um tim dunn of the uh for the uh, Shakti's RIP wrote this like 30 minute maybe not even that long um uh upstairs gallery Christmas carol that was like very insular and they knew it they weren't trying not to be insular it was for the people that they wrote it about okay and had and I got to be like kind of a small uh everyman type role in it and it was very fun and it was funny and it made fun of how much that like uh, thing had been trotted out mm-hmm. but it, it wouldn't have been funny to a broad audience but the people who were there were like wow that was actually really good yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> like super tight yeah and it's focused mm-hmm. i think a lot of the time like people put the concept on top of it but there's no they don't try to like make it work on every level mm-hmm. it's just sort of like okay we we did it. We did the glaze. Yeah. And now we're, we're just going to repeat it. That's a really good point. Um, and also ask yourself this question. If you're going to do a parody of something or you're going to adapt something, ask yourself, have the Muppets already done it? Yes. Because the Muppets have done a Christmas Carol so and they've true. done the Wizard of Oz. Really? Yes. It's, it's really dreadful. <laughs> it was the end of that whole line where we're like, we gave you a Christmas Carol, a, the Christmas Carol Muppet version. People love it. It's yeah. I think it's really solid. Mm-hmm. Then they did treasure Island. Okay, we see now we're now we're trapped. We've got cabin fever. We, we've got cabin <laughs> fever. Of course we do. And then by the time the Wizard of Oz came around as a TV special, right? It's like no, 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 no. You've completely relegated yourself to um, just this Retailing. stupid trope. Yeah. What are you going to do for the next? This is not why we came into the yeah, Muppets in the yeah, first yeah, place. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, as as a as a kid, it was entertaining, and now it's just sort of hard. Like I, for this, for the purposes of this, I looked at the Wikipedia page mm-hmm. just at the, it's endless. The mm-hmm. list of, I can't imagine. Yeah. And I don't know why. I think people... you did a good job of pulling out points of interest though. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't understand why people sit down and they go like, I'm going to do a straight adaptation. Yeah. Like I want to write a play. Yeah. And I'm going to write a play. That the doesn't Wizard make of Oz. any sense. Don't do it. Six of them have been produced on various high profile stages. Mm hmm. Uh, don't do this anymore. Alice in Wonderland, don't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. We're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, if we if we don't have it already... Uh, yeah, Alice in Wonderland is another really good uh, example. Mm-hmm. Ask yourself the questions of, have the Muppets done it? Has it been set in space? Mm-hmm. Has it been... Have we had to completely change the cast so that it's all black? Yeah, right. Well, I... Stop doing that. This one's done. <laughs> Close the book. <laughs> Read yep. another one. 
write something original. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I had this idea for uh, my ideas were always things like <laughs> my my show would be like called going back to fucking Oz or <laughs> well here we are Oz fucking again yeah right right just, but that's a that <laughs> in and of show? Is, but it is like it's a fun idea for sure you know yeah. and it's again self-aware you know because so many of these things are just trotting out old ideas and mm-hmm. not having any like hat tips to the fact that it's been fucking done yeah what, what if Dorothy was played by a man? <laughs> what if it was drag? What if we had references to Beyonce's single ladies in it? The thing about and the Wizard of Oz is... And we have a show. And we have a show. Because people... Gay, the gay community clearly has like this... I can't believe we haven't talked about this yet, but the gay community has like such a strong connection to the Wizard of Oz. There's that phrase like friends of Dorothy. Oh. Um, and oh. The Cowardly Lion that. is seen as some sort of like... He's seen as like the sort of the gateway performance because the Caroline is so effeminate, yeah, and so over the top, yeah. Uh, in the sure. Andrew Lloyd Webber production, there's a line in the new book where he says, uh, "The Cowardly Lion says, and I am proud to say that I am a friend of Dorothy." Mm. And then the audience can kind of go, no. "He he 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 he, t t t t t." I'm an old gay man who brought my nephew here. I can't. Exactly. I don't have kids, but I have a nephew. Exactly. Hmm. My nephew likes soccer, but I brought him to the theater. <laughs> Here's an Instagram selfie of me and my nephew. I get along with children. a terrible show, Friends of Dorothy. (laughs) It's Dorothy with a mustache. That's not enough. That's not enough. It's at Mary's attic. Uh, I know. Yes, the margaritas are making it more entertaining. I know. That's the other thing. If you have to be obliterated. It's not a good show. No. It's not. Oh, man. This has been so great. Yes. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, We... We creamed creams that we hadn't <laughs> dared to cream. As soon as I said thank you so much for coming, I was waiting for that cream joke, and you did not let me down. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> it's the first thing to hit the editing room floor. I know. Oh, that's, that's staying in. <laughs> good, good. John, thank you so much for doing this. Yes. I love you, and I mean that. I love you, too. This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am GrabBot23548X.